Hello, we are at Conscious Health. Uh, this is our podcast and I've invited today with, to be with us, Dr. Ivy Norris. She is a natural health practitioner at Ivy's Holistic Health. Uh, she also has her doctorate of divinity and her doctorate in metaphysics. Uh, she is um, 20 years teaching at the School of Metaphysics. She has a certified, she is a certified dreamologist. Uh, she has a passion for counseling and for dream therapy. She's also an educator, a wellness educator for Young Living Oils. And we're going to talk today about our conscious medicine goals, which is empowering our community to take inspired action towards their health and setting up our bodies and our minds to achieve our healthcare goals. And so we've invited Ivy. Welcome, Ivy. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So we have been on a quest, uh, my patients, uh, to get to know other opportunities that we can take to set ourselves up for success with our healing journey. So you know that I've been taught a certain way and the chiropractors have been taught a certain way and the acupuncturists, and now we're bringing a holistic health practitioner in because we want to set our minds up to allow the healing to come through that we need to achieve what we need. And so we've invited you to help us with that. And I know our extensive talks and our many extensive talks that you and I have had, uh, we've we've kind of touched on so many things and there's so much science-based evidence for different, uh, different actions that we can take. And I've learned so much from you. So that's where we want to start today. And I have some specific questions for you, but first of all, I wanted you to kind of describe, because I read off a whole list of things that my patients may or may not be familiar with. So can you describe for us what you do when we come to see you? Okay. Well, gosh, we start. Um, well, with a holistic health practice, I have an opportunity to meet people on just about any level, and I'm grateful for the education that I've received and continue to receive. Um, a lot of times people come in, maybe they have certain areas of their lives that are challenged, or they just want to keep on track with the trajectory that they have in their life. And so um, my background, I got trained in a modality called bioenergetic synchronization technique. It's a beautiful modality that uses kinesiology, muscle testing, and acupressure. And it helps to help us move into a healing mode, a more aligned state where we're coming more from our um, soulful self or core, and then we can handle what's going on in our life better, whether that's with our health or our relationships. Um, it just helps bring balance. So that's one modality that I use quite a bit. Um, like you said, I, I work with the therapeutic grade essential oils. Um, they're a wonderful holistic tool. They can meet us on every level, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. We could talk for a whole hour just about them. And um, then, you know, I've had training in counseling and coaching particularly spiritual counseling, all geared to help people to cross over from one state to another and to equip them with tools to help themselves. You know, that's, that's the goal. We want people to come from their own wholeness. Um, I believe with enough support, we can have um, greater health and wellness in our lives. Beautiful. Yes. So we've worked, you and I have worked together on physical challenges, emotional challenges, like all kinds of stuff. I know I've, you know, called you for 
many things. So one of the most exciting things that we've talked about before you and I, especially when it came to my patients, and, and one of the questions I want to bring up today is that a lot of our patients are dealing with, we, we do a lot of work with patients who have autoimmune troubles, uh, things where self isn't recognizing self, or they have increased inflammation in their body from antibodies or whatever from their digestive systems. So um, I know that that's an area that we don't really, there's so much about it that we don't know how to calm down its immune response or how to get it to work optimally. And that's one thing that you and I have talked about and worked on. So I wanted to ask you from your perspective, how can we help our digestion? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. When I, when I got trained in nutrition, one of the things they taught us was that health begins with digestion. Um, if our digestive system isn't working very well, it doesn't matter what kind of food we eat, even the best and purest food, it's obviously not going to break down properly in our body. So there's a lot of different things that we can do to support our digestion. Um, I'm a big fan of doing whatever we can to become really present before we eat. There's a definite mind and body connection. And when we are present and still and not thinking about a bazillion things while we're eating, the body is more in rest and digest mode. Um, out of the fight or flight that we often go into. And so sometimes I recommend a simple breathing exercise before eating. There's a really simple one. I think it's pretty popular right now. It's the four, seven, eight breathing exercise. And you inhale to a count of four, you hold to a count of seven, and you exhale to a count of eight. I mean, even just putting your hand on your abdomen when you do that, it's amazing how it equips the body to be prepared to go into digestion mode. Another great tool, if you will, um, is that of prayer. Prayer is, has obviously so many benefits. Um, it can help us to come to the present moment. It can help us, in, you know, however it is that we prayer, pray. I often say a prayer of gratitude. I think it was Meister Eckhart who said, if the only prayer we ever said was thank you, that would be enough. Praying helps us to become present, to give thanks. Gratitude is a very open state of consciousness, and um, it leads to joy oftentimes. Uh, Dr. Christiane Northrup talks about how important it is for us to put joy on our priority list. We don't often think about that, or at least I don't. Sometimes I have to remind myself to include joy in my priority list. Um, and joy helps us to increase our metabolism. It helps us to sleep better um, and everything folds into everything else. So that's also a nice opening for our body, helps us to be present. So it's great if we can have a, a joyful, grateful filled experience, even at the dinner table as much right. as possible. That's Perfect. And I do want to let you finish all the tools that you have for digestion, but I just wanted to stop right there and kind of help my patients understand that, you know, we've done some research. There's been some research that shows that our mindset plays such a huge pivotal role in our health. I mean, I think it was in the seventies, they did a research uh, experiment where they took um, men who were in the nursing home measured their parameters of memory and physical strength and coordination, all these things. Then they moved them to a place where they had lived whenever they were or not lived, but in a place where everything was the same as it had been when they were in their prime, like black and white TV televisions. The music was the same. All these things were 
the same as when they were younger and, and then remeasured all of their, um, their parameters of memory and saw improvement in, in every parameter just from having been living in a state of feeling and seeing and getting their mind in a state of youth. And so, I mean, there's research that shows that our mental our mental state plays a big role in what happens to us physically. Yes, I agree. And it's been around for a long time. You know, they have found that experiments are affected by the observer mm-hmm. uh, when they do different experiments. So our presence, um, our thoughts, our thoughts are things. They affect our body. I know many people have experienced butterflies when they're nervous, you know, or cutting open a lemon and, or even just imagining cutting open a lemon on a hot day and, you know, you get saliva in your mouth. So we're, we're more sensitive than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. And that's a really good thing to be sensitive. So I think maybe my patients have an easier leap to understand when you, we put it in those terms some of my patients who haven't been exposed to the more holistic side of health, who have frequented physicians' offices, you know, some of this sounds rather out there until you start looking at some of the research that shows what a big uh, difference it can make to have your mind in a place of a higher level of gratitude or joy, like you say. And there's ways to to kind of help your mind to get there. And one of them is saying a prayer of thankfulness or just saying a gratitude prayer. Absolutely. It definitely helps for for so many reasons. And I think one of the basic physical reasons is, you know, when the body's in fight or flight or freeze mode, it's not concerned about digestion. It's just concerned about survival. So, you know, all the body's processes aren't really available in the digestion, but if we can move into ease in the body and, you know, Tell the mind and the body that, you know, being in the present moment, everything is safe. You know, however we do that, we can do that with breathing because you know how it is when you're rushing around. We're not typically breathing. And when we can sit down and get present and move into um, rest and digest mode, then that equips our body to be able to receive the most out of the food that we're eating. Yeah. And there are two different nervous systems. The fight or flight nervous system is the sympathetic and the rest and digest is the parasympathetic. And you can trick your body from going because a lot of us stay in the fight or flight, like you said, all the time. So my medical training taught me about those just in the fact that, you know, if you are in fight or flight, your muscles are more activated, your pupils are more focused, your breathing, you know, you change the blood flow goes more to your muscles and less to your digestive system, which we don't want that when we're trying to digest our food appropriately. So if we can do a simple breathing exercise, or, and, or, you know, meditation or prayer that can take us out of fight or flight before we eat our food and calm us. That's going to decrease, I'm sure going to decrease our inflammation, our all kinds of things, make us in a better place to digest. Absolutely. And, and if we could have people in our life that think similarly and can, we can remind each other, that's a big help. You know, if you're sitting down and, um, you know, before you eat, you know, you both take a big breath together. That's, that's a great way to be a divine friend, as I say. Yeah. Good. That's good. So I I interrupted you, but you were going on the track of telling us all the digestive tools that we could have. Okay. Um, I really am a big fan of digestive enzymes. I mean, people can keep it really simple. Um, 
but most really high quality health, health food stores have digestive enzymes and, you know, our food isn't kind of what it used to be. And so sometimes we need a little bit of support digesting it. Um, the company I work with has some good digestive enzymes, Young Living. Um, they also have certain oils that are very helpful for the digestive system. Um, a basic peppermint, ginger, mm -hmm. um, it's a blend called Digize. So especially when we have heavier meals, I'm, I'm really encouraging digestive enzymes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the essential oils, I mean, we could, like you said, we could talk about those for a long time, but they do have a long history of being used for health and wellness. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thousands of years. And, you know, there's a reason why frankincense and myrrh was brought to baby Jesus because, I mean, that was a very holistic gift. You know, frankincense uh, was more precious than gold during that time. And so it was a financially supportive gift. I mean, it's immune system supportive gift. Myrrh helps frankincense to last longer if you add myrrh to the frankincense. Myrrh is also a preservative. Um, it's also used, you know, throughout history for stretch marks, you know. So, um, yeah, it's been around. I mean, obviously, there's ancient hieroglyphics that talk about the oils, those, those cone-shaped um, things on top of the head in ancient Egypt and other ancient places that was beeswax or some kind of fat, and it was filled with essential oils. And throughout the day, um, it would melt in the sun, and it was a natural sunscreen and um, supportive to the different body systems and for the skin. I mean, if you just go on pubmed.gov and type in frankincense, you'll see all these benefits for the skin with, with frankincense. It's got so many uses. Yeah. Um, there's, there's another good Google Scholar is another excellent way when I'm first introducing people to the long history and benefits of essential oils, the good ones, go on Google Scholar and type in uh, essential oils and you'll see so many different uh, experiments and, and different, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? articles about the benefits of the oils scientific scientifically done yeah i love that so uh so you, you mentioned now we've talked about the essential oils um the breathing exercises uh and, and not just essential oils but some form of digestive enzymes to help us break down our food more properly because many of the, many of my patients have been you know plagued with whatever you know reflux and you know, different heartburn type symptoms will sometimes be on medications that can actually, it makes their symptom feel better, but decreases their ability to break down their food by making it less acidic so that it doesn't burn so much, but then the food isn't getting broken down as well, which means that we're not going to be able to extract the nutrients as well into our just digestive system. And that's where digestive enzymes come in handy because they'll help you break the food down better so that you can extract some of the nutrients and we've got so much nutrient depletion going on in our patient population right now. So, and then uh, breathing exercises and then gratitude. So what else can help our digestive system? Taking a walk after eating. That's one of the things that my traditional Chinese medicine teacher always taught us was walk at least 250 or so steps after eating. That contralateral movement, contralateral, that opposite arm to opposite leg movement is just so good for balancing the body. It's great for the nervous system. So that helps with digesting quite a bit, you know, and 
eating foods that are easier to digest. If there's a challenge there, you know, there's a lot of sprouted foods that are available, sprouted quinoa, sprouted lentils, um, sprouted bread. I'm a big fan of sprouted foods and, you know, obviously sprouts, you know, those wonderful um, power packed. <laughs> yeah. Power packed vegetables are all the alfalfa and clover sprouts. All of them are just amazing. And they also give the body oxygen. So the kind of food chewing our food obviously is very important. And I don't know about you, but I forget sometimes the benefit of thoroughly chewing and actually tasting the food. This is part of becoming more present when we eat, actually using eating as an exercise to become more present where we actually taste and identify the different spices and flavors that are a part of the food. Yeah. Mm. Good. Uh, and drinking with a meal, it's, um, we were always taught in school to wait two hours after eating to drink. I know that sounds strange because we often have um, beverages at our meal, but it can dilute the digestive juices. Mm-hmm. You know, you're putting on that liquid into your system. So I usually stop drinking a half hour before eating, you know, and get plenty hydrated. That's going to be so important for digestion too, is making sure we have plenty of hydration throughout the day and stop right. a half hour. Right. Because you don't want to stop. Uh, hydrating my patients who aren't hydrated anyway and take another three hours out. So yes, we understand hydrated people can stop and wait during their eating times. Yes. Yes. And, and if you're, you know, some people are like, well, I'm thirsty when I'm eating. I'm like, okay, that's understandable. Make sure you increase your hydration throughout the day. I mean, I start my morning with a quart of warm water and lemon. Yes. Lemon is a great way to prep the body for healthy digestion throughout the day. Um, it helps to detox as yeah. we know. And it's, you know, when you break a fast, you want to do it gently. So breakfast, my first thing is hydration. Um, but if they're still super thirsty when they're eating, they might consider looking at what they're eating. And if they don't have enough um, hydrating type foods, you know, vegetables and fruits are um, naturally hydrating, mm-hmm. you know. So incorporating more of those, you know, a lot of my training was with alkalizing the diet and that really helps mostly fruits and vegetables, you know, like 60% of our diet, if we can from time to time have fruits and vegetables or juicing is a great way to provide nutrients um, and alkalization. Yes. Yeah. And many of my patients don't really understand alkalization. I haven't gotten to have that conversation one-on-one with so many of my patients. So this would be a great time to discuss that. Uh, you know, modern medicine still hasn't picked up on the alkalinization. They, they still uh, choose to see it in a way that is so um, tightly boxed. And so alkalinization simply is, you know, your body functions at a pH level when we check check your blood and see how acidic or basic your blood is and alkaline being more basic you know your body you know tries to stay your serum tries to stay in this very tight alkalinized alkalinized to acidic parameter it won't go very far in or out of that because it's going to be dangerous for the body so and the more acidic your blood is a lot of the foods that we eat right now our blood is or our we digest the foods pull it into our system and that makes us lean towards being more acidic because the foods will be metabolized to an acidic place but many of the fruits and vegetables make us more alkaline and when we're more alkaline our body can handle 
putting more toxins and things in to get rid of it. If you're already way at the peak of acidity, your body can't handle more of that. So it won't let, it won't release your fat cells or, you know, whatever toxins you've got in your system, it can't really get rid of them because it, it would make your blood too acidic. So it slows down your metabolism or, you know, tightens up to protect you. So it doesn't want to hurt your kidneys. So well said. Yes. Oh, and there's something called an alkaline reserve that we were taught in, in nutrition school. It's like, you don't want to have to keep drawing upon that alkaline reserve. That's a storehouse of minerals and stuff in your body um, in order to neutralize the over acidity. Mm -hmm. And it's not just nutrition that acidifies. It's also stress. I mean, they've, they've done lots of testing. I mean, my teacher taught us to get litmus paper to find out our pH, um, like first urine in the morning. And then he always taught that our saliva yes. mm -hmm. with our thinking and um, stressful thinking will create an acidity in the body as well. So, mm. you know, we're all doing the best we can, but it's also nice to be reminded that there's simple things that we can do to feel better. Yes. Yes. And that is exactly what I want my patients to have so that they can work on their health too. And it doesn't have to just be a pill that we give them or a regimen that we're doing for them, but that they have, they have control of their health and that they can improve their quality of life. And what I always tell my clients, we take a step and then we know the next step, you know, it's just really taking a step at a time to make really subtle, but meaningful changes. And, you know, maybe the way that we deal with stress or maybe what we prepare as far as our food or how we eat or when we eat, you know, it's, it's always better to give your body time to just be in cleansing mode and not digesting mode. So it's usually better not to eat late at night, you know, if we want to have healthy digestion, because the body's not really, it's ready to go into rest and, and healing and cleansing mode when mm -hmm. we're sleeping. Yes. And you had mentioned something to me in the past. We talked a little bit about uh, how um, being outdoors can help with alkalinization and inflammation. Can you talk to us about that or just being, you know, we're in a place where we're getting gra some grounding or. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's become fortunately very popular lately, the earthing or the grounding and um you know, taking our shoes off and receiving the electrons from the earth and how beneficial that is for us. Some people even have instruments where they're in bed and they're, they've got an instrument that connects them to the earth. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's one of the major de-stressors is, is being outside and walking and breathing and moving and expanding your attention out to nature. And, you know, it opens the heart. It helps the mind to get quiet. I know if I can't figure something out and I'm all running around in my head, if I want to get more into my core, I take a walk and get connected to my core. And then kind of that wisdom surfaces, that, that inner knowing that's beyond all the analyzing or trying to figure things out. It's like, sometimes we have to let go. Oftentimes we have to let go in order to receive the answers that we need or to um, respond instead of react. It's a lot of times. Yeah, we can have arguments and things like that and the natural urges to respond. But if we can give ourselves a moment to step outside and take a walk, it can help us to have more grace. Mm. Yeah, we all could use some of that. 
So what about the research that you had mentioned with alkalinization and grounding? Have you done, have you seen any research on that or do, is that something I need to look into? Research that if I'm remembering that I may have talked about before was the Dalai Lama mm-hmm. and how he said compassion was, he had a band of scientists and compassion was found to decrease inflammation in the body. And they've done all the work and all the research. And then my own research and, you know, over the years I've studied a lot. I'm trying to remember the gentleman that I first heard this from, but he said that compassion was the feeling that helped to also alkalize the body. Hmm. Um, And I'll get you that name of the gentleman. Definitely like to give credit where credit is due. Oh, I love it though. I love the thought of that because, you know, we know about, I know about nutrition, alkalinizing the body, but I'd love to see some research on, you know, our, a change in our, our emotions doing that. Um, I would think maybe just decreasing inflammation in the body would be an alkalizing force. I, I would think, but I don't know that for sure. So I don't want to say that, but it's, this is very interesting and hard to, hard to find great research on it because we'll see research that are done in small studies because, you know, you can't patent, you know, uh, gratitude or joy, (laughs) you know, and so they're not doing a lot of research on it because they can't market patent that and sell it to people. So you're not going to have humongous studies on this, but the people that are heart centered are conducting their own research and they may be smaller studies, but they're still excellent. Yes. Like the heart math Institute. Yeah. Now they're yes. So much research and, and I love it. And I even took a class and they hooked me up to their little instrument and I got to practice meditation while hooked up and they could see that it produces a calmness in the body. And it, it was just amazing to have all these great tools um, to be able to prove what it is that we know, you know, kind of intuitively um, that helps us to stay healthy. Yes. And, we Dolly should Lama. do some research, you know, you and I should do some research about some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be as simple as getting some litmus paper and, yes. you know, thinking some, maybe getting, testing the litmus paper before a treatment and then after treatment when the body's in, you know. Be great. <laughs> so I, we have a limited amount of time and I would love to uh, have you back soon. I've got quite a few guests, but you know, you and I talk frequently and I can't wait to share some of our great brainstorming ideas with our patients and the community uh, and their families. Um, what do we need to know to get in contact with you? Like if we need personal help and how do we, how do we reach you? How do we, I know, I know that you have a great love for, for officiating um, weddings and marriages, but just for, and, and for doing counseling and therapy. So how do patients and how do my patients access you? Okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, probably simple email would be a good place to start. Okay. Um, and we can include that in our, in our links and, but it, which email do you want them to use? How do they Probably the Dr. Ivy Norris at Gmail, D-R-I-V-Y-N-O-R-R-I-S at Gmail. And then I know you have a Facebook page for Ivy's Holistic Health where they can also go on there and reach you if yes. they need to, to schedule some time. What else do we need to know? What else would you like to make sure that we know before we end our podcast? Well, do that's we- a great question. And there's lots I would like to share, but I think... Whatever we can do, each of us, to 
allow ourselves room to breathe, you know, to get the mind and the body and the breath all in the same place. It's going to help us to not only be healthier and to digest better, but it's going to help us to trust ourselves. And there's so many different things that we can do to help ourselves. And the key is being able to listen, listen to ourselves and what we really need. We all need different things at different times. And so get that body and mind and breath together. And I'll, I'll be happy to teach breathing on this podcast or visualization. All these different tools are great at helping us too. Yes, I love that. I love it. All right. This is Dr. Ivy Norris, my friend, and just a wonderful um, holistic practitioner available to all of us here in Tulsa. And so if you have not, you you want to check her out and see what she can do uh, to help you on your path of learning how to listen to yourself, allow your, yourself to heal, find ways that you can get your body and your mind in an alignment. And I love that we started with the breath. Um, so thank you guys for listening to our conscious pod conscious medicine podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ivy for being with us. Thank you. Thank you.